Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's the final rewatch. The final rewatch. Final rewatch. Oh, it's the final rewatch before the new season. It's the final rewatch. I'm watching them all, the final Greetings, stranger friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Final Rewatch, where today I'm talking about Stranger Things 3, Chapter 3, The Case of the Missing Lifeguard. But folks, I don't know if you can tell, things are a little different today. I'm not sitting by my kitchen table at night. I'm not yawning because it's late. No, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, I am outside, sitting underneath a tree at 3.30 p.m. It is gorgeous up here. I'm in Massachusetts. The weather is hot and muggy, and um, my dog is in daycare, so there's no barking. The only noise you hear might be a, a, a bird chirping or the air conditioner nearby me that just kicked on, obviously at the time when I was about to start recording. But I'm not going to let that distract me. I've got notes here in front of me. 
Um, yes, yes, I took notes. I say to myself, I'm not going to take notes. And then I start typing, typing, little stream of consciousness. Just could be a word, a letter, just something to remind me. And then I go to print it, and it's four pages long. I'm like, Michael, Michael, what have you done? What have you done? Um, but I don't, I don't care. I'm going to go through it all. And, and here's the thing. I just read a tweet from a an account that um, I think it was the Starcourt Food Court might have retweeted it about the episode lengths for these the, the upcoming season. And these episodes are a good 20 to 30 minutes longer than what we're used to on a regular basis. Um, sometimes more. It's If I read correctly, did it say the last episode nine is going to be two and a half hours long? Like, my podcast is going to be five hours long for that episode. So I think we're going to have longer episodes, and it's just... Um, you know what? It's just more stranger things. More stranger things to talk about. More stranger things to watch. We've waited long enough. I don't care if each episode's three hours long. You know it's going to be three hours of greatness. So I'm happy. I'm I'm like, oh my God, there's going to be a lot of podcasting to do. But um, you know what? The more the merrier. So bring it on. Now, shall we get into the case of the missing lifeguard? We start at the cabin where Max and Eleven are hanging out. Um, they're looking at boy magazines, listening to Madonna. Um, they're talking about Mike and Lucas, saying they're probably crying. Oh, what I wouldn't do to see their stupid faces, Max said. And Eleven's like, well, actually. So she uses her powers to spy on them. But they're just eating like junk food in the basement. They're, they're just wallowing in their sorrow. Mike's like, what did I do to deserve this? Lucas is just trying to talk him up. You did nothing. You're the victim here. Like, you can't ask ras rational questions. They're a different species. And Eleven says to Max, they say we are species. Emotion, not logic. She's like, you sons of bitches. And um, they're burping and they're farting. And Eleven takes the takes the, um, the the blindfold off. And she just starts giggling and laughing. Hopper gets home. He just came right from the... Um, from the dinner where he was drunk, and he is not in a great mood. There goes the air conditioner again. He's not in a great mood. He sees the door closed. He's like, oh, I told you, three inches. He opens it. He's like, oh, sorry, Max. He's like, don't you knock? Uh, Mike's not here. Uh, Max wanted to have a sleepover. Oh, yeah, uh, it's okay with your parents? Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. It's, it's really, really cool, really cool. He closes the door, and you could see he is so happy. He's like, yes, it worked. Now he, he pours a little more of that restaurant wine, just unwinds it in front of the TV. He's going to have a nice, relaxing night. Uh, back inside Eleven's room, they're playing Spin the Bottle. But not Spin the Bottle that you would, um, in the classic sense. I remember as a kid playing Spin the Bottle at someone's birthday party. But we were good Catholic school kids. It was you spin the bottle, and then you got a kiss on the cheek. Very, very, very innocent. It was still scary as hell. Um, but that was really my, my, my main, uh, uh, experience of, of spin the bottle. They're playing it a little different here. Um, they're using it to, I call it spin the spy bottle because they're spinning on whatever they're going to land on. Eleven's going to go see what they're actually doing, which it's a real big invasion of privacy. And, um, it lands on Miss, Mr. Wheeler. I don't want to see what he's doing. He's probably falling asleep in front of the TV, you know, watching Magnum PI like Hopper was doing. Uh, but instead, it lands on. It's, they, they, it actually lands on him, and they're like, "I don't, I don't want to look at him." No, let's do it again. This time, it lands on Billy, 
And Max is like, just uh, just to warn you, if he's with a girl, it could get gross. So, you know, just just be careful. But instead, she sees um, she sees Billy's car. It's all dinged up, um, but it's running. It's running, and um, there's nobody behind the wheel. Um, and then she goes to look by the trunk, but then she sees him uh, when he was with Heather in the warehouse, being like, you know, don't worry. It'll be all be over soon. And he gets up and he turns and he looks right at her. And remember when I said he was staring blankly into space uh, in the warehouse? He wasn't. He was looking at Eleven because he saw this little flash of her. Um, and this time, when we see it from Eleven's adva- uh, vantage point, he looks right at her and sees her. She comes out of it freaked out. Max is like, "What? what is it? What, what happened? We cut over to Mr. Wheeler speaking to him, uh, and he's he's cutting grass in the rain. It's the next day, and Will wakes Mike and Lucas up in full wizard gear. You will address me by my full name? He really wants to play uh, D&D. It's a new day, free of girls, but they don't seem to be in it really all that much. And I, I guess I see it from from both points where it's like I, you know, I like things to stay the way they are. And when they don't, I get bothered by that. Um, I, I like, you know, I find comfort in things. And um, I I like staying in that. Which is probably why I've been in the same job for so many years in my life. Um, and when that gets changed, it can, it's upsetting. I For him, but the, but the thing is, seeing these kids grown teenagers and then seeing Will in a wizard's outfit, you could see Mike and Lucas are like, really? I... I Now's not the time. But you know what? Will's been through so much shit that it's like, give the guy um, a break, okay? He's missed a chunk of his childhood these last couple of years. You can give him some normalcy. Um, But, you know, teenage boys, what are you going to do? So, yeah, they don't seem to really, really be into it all that much. We jump over to Hopper. He's in a towel. He seems a little bit hungover. Uh, he sees a note that says Eleven has, um, is off to Max's, and Joyce shows up. Hopper, is he's mad at her. He's like, oh, look who it is. Look who's here. Nice to see you. Uh, and she starts going all, all on about the magnets. Hopper's barely listening. She's like, I went to Scott's house. Uh, who's Scott? Uh, Mr. Clark. Scott Clark. Your child's teacher? You went there? He talks. Up, she talks about the thing they made the giant mach- uh, and how there's a giant machine with millions of dollars that could, you know, they could do this. What if it's them? You know, and that stops Hopper in his tracks, but it's not for the reason you think it is. Not like, oh my God, you think it's them? No, he's just like, really, Joyce? But she's like, you know, they, they're, whoa, I'm under attack. You hear that? Live, my new co-host, The Crow. Um, so he really doesn't want to hear it, but she's like, what if it's them? And he says, is Mr. Clark single? Uh, and she's like, oh, um, but she's like, it's someone who has resources and funding. It could be them. It has to be them. He's like, you know what? I think you're inventing things to get worked up about so you can push me away. God forbid we get on with our lives. And he realizes, right, right, Joyce? Right? She's not there. Oh, an inchworm just came up by my face by the tree. This, I'm dealing with nature, everybody. Um, so, uh, yeah, Joyce isn't there. He, uh looks he goes outside he's like Joyce Joyce boom she pops out of her his um his shed 
with a flashlight and wire cutters. She's like, what are you doing? It's like, she is hell-bent on going to that lab. She's like, I'm going to need these things. So Max and Eleven, um, they're like, you know, maybe... Oh, she says, maybe just Billy just sensed you. Didn't Hasn't Mike sensed you in... In the um, in in the void before, and uh, she's like, but but I heard screams. He's like, well, when when Billy's with girls, um, you know, sometimes there there are screams. There, you know, happy screams. She's like, happy screams. I gotta let you borrow one of my mom's magazines. I think it was Cosmo, uh, but they notice Billy's car's not there. So since they're not there, they they investigate. They go through his room really don't see anything in his room but max is like i don't want to be in here i feel like i want to find something gross they go and they find the bathtub filled with water filled with ice ice bags so the ice all melted um and and max is like yeah he works out a lot it's probably for his muscles but 11's like doesn't feel right she's looking around and she sees what looks like blood on one of the cabinets or one of the, she opens the cabinet. She finds a fanny pack in the garbage and a bloody whistle. Now something, there's an ant on me. Ah, there's another ant. Something's up here. Jonathan and Nancy, uh, back at the newspaper are developing the rat photos. And Nancy takes the photos. She's like, I got this. Um, but when she tells all the guys about how all these different places have stuff going missing, fertilizer, pesticides, they just laugh at her. Even the boss is like, uh, oh, you can have a book. This is bigger than an article. This could be a book. The Case of the Missing Fertilizer by N Nancy Drew Mystery. It's like, next time a call comes in, do what you're hired to do and just let me know. Uh, we'll decide what the story is. And she just walks out. She is pissed. We cut over to Scoops, and Robin's listening to the Russian tapes. Um, Erica wants more samples, and... She's like, no, you're abusing the privilege, abusing the company policy. And Eric is like, where's that sailor man? He's off busy uh, doing what? She said, spycraft. We see Steve and Dustin are using binoculars. They're on a stakeout in the middle of the mall, just randomly looking for Russians. But instead, Steve actually looking for girls. That girl's talking to him? He's a complete nothing. And... Dustin's like, why would you talk to girls when you have the perfect girl right there? Oh, Robin? No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, she's not my type. Oh, she's not your type? What's your type? Not awesome? And it's Dustin's giving advice to him. Like, you know, maybe you're older now. Maybe you should realize that some of these things don't matter and what does matter. He's like, oh, like you with your perfect girlfriend? Let me remind you, how did you get that perfect girlfriend? Right, from the advice that I gave you. I give you the advice. I'm the one who gives the advice. All right? And they're just arguing. Nothing. You know, just like... It's like younger brother, older brother. I don't think Steve has any siblings, and we know uh, Dustin is an only child, so they, they kind of fit perfectly together. Uh, over at the basement, we see they are playing D&D finally. Lucas and Mike just aren't really into it. Uh, Will is trying to, um, you know, run the campaign, and they're like, uh-huh, okay. Uh, the phone rings. They jump up. He's like, stupid telemarkers, telemarketers. And they're like, maybe... Maybe we should call them. I think Lucas said that. Mike's like, can we do that? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Will just wants Will wants to keep on blow, uh, playing. And Mike just kind of blows it off. You know, he like, oh, we cast a fire spell, blah, blah, blah. We win. Um, jokingly. But Will gets pissed. He's like, forget it. I'm going home. It's like, we're just not in the mood right now. You're never in the mood. And so this now they're in the, in, in the um, 
their garage just arguing. You're never in the mood. Uh, oh, where's Dustin? You don't even know where your party is. You don't even know, and he doesn't, and you don't even know where he is, and you don't care, and neither does he. Uh, like, why? For some stupid girl? He's like, Elle's not a stupid girl. It's not my fault you don't like girls. And you could see that bothered Will. And I don't know if it was one of those things where you haven't matured to like girls yet, or you, you, you don't like girls because you don't like girls, you know? Uh, maybe that's not your thing. I don't know if that, what that was, but it was kind of his thing. Like He goes, I'm not trying to be a jerk, okay? But we're not kids anymore. He goes, what did you think? We weren't going to get girlfriends? We would just sit in our basement for the rest of our lives playing, Dunge- playing Dungeons & Dragons? So yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess I did. I guess I did. And he just leaves. And it's pouring. Uh, it's really pouring as we find Max and Eleven. Now they headed over to the pool. Uh, they ask about Heather. Oh, she's not there. She said she was sick. Um, she didn't, oh, she didn't show up today. Uh, but you can give me, oh, they showed the, the, um, the stuff and they say, oh, that's Heather's. She didn't show up today. Heather? Yeah. Uh, we can give it to her. No, no, no. We'll, we'll do it. It's like, okay, what do you want? Some sort of reward? No, no. We're just, we're just, you know, we care. We're just good citizens. And they see a board with all the lifeguard pictures on it and they see one with Heather. And she's like, Heather. And you realize with a picture, Eleven can do some pretty amazing things. So they go into the showers and they turn on all the showers, and she sits right on the floor with goggles on and goes into the void. She sees uh, a mailbox with an address on it, address number. She sees a red door, and she approaches it. She goes in, and in the door, she sees a bathtub, uh, all filled with ice water. And then all of a sudden, Heather lurches out of it. Help me! She gets sucked down into the water, pulled down below. Eleven comes out. She can barely breathe. Like, Eleven's trying to reach this girl. She's like, ah! But when she comes out of the uh, the, the void, she's like, ah. it seems like it happens a lot. She comes out of the void. They're like, what's going on? And she just looks at him like, ah, I, I'm not going to answer you. I'm just going to breathe heavily. Uh, we jump over to the lab, and Hopper and her break in. Hello! Hopper is like, he's just placating her, like... You know, he's, he's not expecting to see a thing. But Joyce looks at the spot, the exact spot where Bob was killed. And, and she just kind of freezes her for a moment. He's like, you okay? Do you want to sit in the car? She's like, nope. They keep going. And we see a camera. There is an active security camera uh, on that um, that is watching them. We zoom into the lens. And when we zoom out, it's Dustin in the binoculars. And he thinks... He finds a Russian. This dude is big. He looks like he could be Russian. He looks mysterious. So they follow him. It's a funny moment where um, the guy turns and uh, Dustin and Steve jump behind something. Dustin grabs a phone and says, hello. Yes, I'm fine. How are you? Uh, And uh, by the way, I love Dustin's Weird Al shirt. It's Weird Al in 3D. I had that tape. But it just turns out this guy is just an aerobic teacher. It was a big waste of time. So they head back to the to scoops and oh before they head back to scoops i'm sorry max is still trying to figure out the code and she gets a delivery from a thing called links transportation she looks at the logo and she's like the silver cat dustin and steve come back then and she's starting to realize that it might all be right in front of her she runs past them which is into the main part of the mall and she's looking for a trip to china a trip to china chinese food if you tread lightly, if you trip the shoe store, when blue and yellow meet in the West, she looks up the giant clock. When blue and yellow, those two are the two clock hands. When they meet at the West, that means they're pointing at the nine. That would be 945. She, um, 
They're like, what are you doing? She says, I cracked it. I cracked the code. Awesome. We uh, jump over to Hawkins Post again, and this time the guys play a prank on, on um, Nancy. They put a rubber rat in with the coffee. Uh, she freaks out for a second, but that gives her an idea. She goes into Jonathan. She's like, let's get proof. He's like, is that a stupid story? We shouldn't do this. He's like, what? it's not a stupid story. He's like, it's stupid to get fired over. They're not going to fire us. Um, so they want to go to Mr. Mrs. Driscoll's house to get the actual rat to see proof. Uh, so she gets Jonathan to go along with it, even though he thinks it's a bad idea. We cut back to the lab, and they're looking all over the place. No gate, no crack. It's like it's over, okay? The place has been filled. All the cavities have been filled. I watched them do it, Joyce. She's like, I feel like I've been losing my mind. He's like, you're not. You know, I almost shot a dog the other day. I thought it was one of those things. But he says, it is important to me that you feel safe that you and your family feel safe. I want you to feel like you, you, this can still be your home. And she goes, you didn't think I was going to find out about that? He said, he found out that Joyce is getting her house fixed up because she wants to put it on the market. Do the kids know yet? No, they don't. He talks about how after Sarah, you know, he had to get away. He had to outrun those memories. But, but she has something he didn't. She has people who know what she's been through, people who care about him right here in Hawkins. She says, people like Scott Clark. And he looks at her. She goes, that, that was a joke. That was, and it was actually a great joke. He starts to like be like, oh, you. And then clang, they hear something like, what? What's going on? Wait here. Hopper goes out investigating. He sees a door click shut. And he um, he's like, he gets his gun cocked and loaded, ready to go. Um we jump back to Mike and Lucas. They show up at Will's to apologize, banging on the door, but nobody's there. Will's actually in Castle Byers, looking through some old comic books. While it's pouring rain, he um, he starts reading some of the books, looking at old photos, old D&D stuff. And he's like, stupid, stupid, stupid. And he, he's starting to feel terrible about himself and what he, what he was doing. He starts ripping everything up, starts tearing Castle Byers apart, smashing it, crying, very, very upset. We jump over to Nancy and Jonathan. She's, they're back at the Driscolls. No answer at the door. So Nancy opens it up and just goes, <laughs> she just walks right in. She's like, well, maybe she fell. But they do announce themselves that they're there. Uh, they see the basement door is open. So braver than me, they walk down it. They see a bunch more fertilizer bags on the ground. Some weird sound like... <laughs> and they go around the corner and they see, what the hell? Mrs. Driscoll herself is eating all the fertilizer. What? So we jump back to Robin, Dustin, and Steve on the roof. On the roof of, or a roof of one of the buildings of the mall. Looking at the loading dock. At the exact time, 9.45, when the two hands meet in the west. She says to look for deliveries for the shoe place and the Chinese place. And they see some Chinese deliveries, so many boxes... Uh, they're fighting over binoculars, and they cling, they make some noise. The shipping area is being guarded by dudes with machine guns at the mall. They hear them, and they start looking. Luckily, they all got away before this guy came to the roof to look for them. And Robin says, I think we found your Russians. We jump back to the lab, and, and Hopper goes into the room. He's like, Hawkins, chief of police, come out with your hands up. But, but nobody's there. Uh, at least we think nobody's there. He's got his gun up. We see as the lightning strikes. Oh, shit. It's that Russian guy. He beats the crap out of Jim. Um, Jim tries to put up a valiant fight, but this guy 
takes him down, beats him up as Joyce arrives to see the motorcycle race off. Just as the motorcycle races off, we see a really cool shot of headlight, of one headlight coming. But it's not the motorcycle. It's Max and Eleven uh, on Max's bike. They arrive at the house. That um, they, Eleven's like, this is it. She sees the red door. She uses her powers to open it. They didn't realize it was Heather's house until they walk in. They see a picture of Heather with her parents. And wouldn't you know it, Heather's dad is Nancy's boss at the paper. Uh, they, they find the parents eating dinner and laughing it up with Billy. It's like, Max, what are you, what are you doing here? We didn't mean to barge in. We tried knocking. We, we were looking for you. Who is this dripping on my door? The father said, I'm sorry, Janet, Don. This is my sister, Maxine. Is, is something wrong? Where is she? Who? Uh, and then all of a sudden, 11 comes out. I mean, Heather comes out with cookies. There's a brief moment where she looks at, at, at 11, 11 look at her, Almost like there's some recognition, even though I'm not sure Heather's even there anymore. Uh, Billy's like, I didn't catch your name as she, as they stare at Eleven. She, he stares at Eleven back and forth. L. Oh, hello. She's like, Heather wasn't feeling so well, so we took the day off to nurse her back to health, but she's feeling really good right now, which is much better. And uh, goddamn, Billy can put on the fake job when he needs to. And Heather's like, yeah, do you want a cookie? Just fresh out of the oven. But they leave. But as they leave, Billy closes the door and he looks on at Eleven with fear. His pupils are huge. And then he has a flashback memory of the gate closing. Of the gate closing? How would he have that flashback? Unless he was there. That monster inside the gate. I believe it's sharing its consciousness with Billy. Not to jump ahead from a show we all watched from a few years ago. But um, we jump back to Will and... He has goosebumps on the back of his neck, and he knows the feeling. Mike, is, Mike and Lucas arrive just in time, and he turns and says, He's back. We jump back to Heather's. Mom's like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling so well. I'm going to... She spills some wine. She's like, I, I need to go lie down. She gets up and immediately collapses. The father goes over. He's like, Call 911. But then he turns, and Heather smacks him in the head with a wine bottle, and then uses what is probably chloroform on a rag to knock him out. She's like, don't, don't, don't worry, Dad. It'll all be over soon. Is that what he, she said? Uh, and then you hear, bye, bye, Miss American Pie. This will be the day that I die. Think about it. Bye, bye, Miss American Pie. It's like, say goodbye to the perfect girl, Heather, your perfect daughter. And this will be the day that I die. Well, we see him some more, but it's not him anymore, is it? In fact, everyone we're seeing at this point, it's not them anymore. Heather, Billy. We do find Billy again later, but Heather is no more, I think. I believe. It's been a while. Okay, there are inchworms everywhere. And that's the end. That's the end of the episode, The Case of the Missing Lifeguard. Uh, it was a fun one. It's so beautiful outside. But i got to go pick up my dog at daycare now. It was um, a very good episode because we start to see the plot, or some of the plot more. We start to realize the connection of something that's going on with Billy is connected to the gate. So it's connected to the Upside Down and the Demogorgon. We, we kind of knew that. Or not the Demogorgon, the Mind Flayer. Uh, but it's still, um, you know, it, this kind of reassures it. 
Uh, now he's got Heather involved with it. And it seems like they're spreading, almost like a cult. They're, they're adding to their masses. Somehow Mrs. Driscoll and her fertilizer is related to this. Uh, at the same time, Max and Eleven have created this really good friendship uh, that um, started at the mall and now uh, leads to them you know, having a sleepover. They're really bonding, which is great. At the same time, Mike and Lucas are kind of bonding over the fact that their girls are really annoyed with them, leaving Will in a lurch and not feeling so great about himself. But I think that all comes to a head when he realizes uh, that the, um, he is back, the Mind Flayer is back, and all this kid stuff and all this girlfriend stuff, that needs to be... That, mean, that needs to be put on the back burner. They need to worry and focus on what the hell's going on. At the same time, all that's going on, related to the Upside Down in a different way, are these pesky Russians. And there's only three people, at the moment three, later to be four, who can stop them. And they, two of them work at an ice cream stand, and the other one just got back from Camp Nowhere. My goodness gracious. What an exciting, exciting season. Uh, and we're only three episodes in, and we have six episodes to go, and we have six days to do it. Can you feel it? Can you feel the stranger things? I can be a little louder when I'm when I'm outside and not worry about bothering anybody in the house. Uh, but that's it, my friends. I'm going to call it uh, a very fun episode, and thank you so much for listening, for subscribing, for following. If you're following on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, I thank you very much. On Apple, you can leave me a rating or review. That'd be really cool. On Spotify, much easier. If you see the little star rating on your app, the little place where you can give a star, click on it and give us whatever star, you, give me whatever star rating you think I deserve. Five. Whatever it is, five. You know, I appreciate whatever it is. If it's low, you know, I'll try to do better, five. But if it's if it's you know high, I appreciate it so much. Five, uh, and you know where to find me in the social world, right? On Twitter and on Instagram, it's Geek Mentality, all one word. The podcast has its own Twitter at Stranger D Pod, and of course, everything we do, every episode, every book club, every rewatch, and of course, every extra bonus, everything can be found at fansnotexperts.com slash stranger danger so i will talk to you tomorrow my friends don't forget stay stranger and remember don't have dinner with billy Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.